The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm joined by Marissa Zuito. And Marissa is, uh, she specializes in postpartum, and she's written a book, What to Do When You Love the Kids But Hate the Job. <laughs> As if motherhood's a job, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't get paid. I don't know who does. Um, anyway, and we're going to be talking about some taboo postpartum truths. So mm-hmm. this is really great if you've heard all of the scary things about postpartum and want to know what's real, what's not, and just some straight up truth, right? She's going to say it how it is. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, one of the things I love about Marissa is that she, she wants to validate the experience of the postpartum mom Mm -hmm. and there's not judgment. There's just validation and understanding, which is why her book title Maeve could have been a little bit more forthright, you said before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I'm really being honest. It yeah. Was no, no bond in the beginning. So love yeah. wasn't quite the right word, but I want to, you know, I want to sell books and reach moms. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did you get your start? What What's your history? Yeah. So I was first and foremost already a licensed therapist, uh, mental health therapist, and um was married and um, planned the pregnancy and, you know, kind of the whole, you know, white picket fence and we're going to have a baby and this is exciting. And I was um, older in life, 36, when I had my daughter. And that's kind of significant to my story too. And I think a lot of moms um, can relate to my journey being a little bit older, having a a taste of success and career. And um, so what happened is for me, um, gosh, it was just a, a perfect storm. And for me, it really started with the birth experience. And this was really my first, gosh, I mean, the real jolt of this whole journey that I, I don't have control. And I think up until that point, I felt um, pretty much, you know, confident. I'm, I'm taking my Bradley method birth classes and um, you know, doing everything I, I, I want to do and I feel good. And I think a lot of moms, again, uh, that I've spoken to that are, you know, a little more type A and organized and uh, have a, a taste of success and they're going to do their birthing classes and maybe it's going to be natural and this and that. And boy, I mean, uh, just did not go that way um, at all. And it was, it was, even though it's like logically, you know, we know about C-sections and we know that things can go wrong. We know um, epidurals are an option, but you know I'm, I'm going to power through it. And anyway, so I had to be induced. And um, it's like, I looked at this birth plan that I had written and everything on the list just kind of got crossed out. Not, not as in crossed out, done, as in crossed out. Nope, nope, nope. Can't do that. Nope, nope. I mean, all the way down to wanting the umbilical cord to pulsate for one minute as the Bradley method suggests, right? Nope. It was wrapped around her neck. So we got to cut that. It was, it was just like, oh, everything planned was just thrown out the window. 
pretty much. So that was the first kind and, of. And the thing you mentioned, the older, I want to just reiterate yeah, that because when please. you're young and you just come out of childhood and you're making babies in your early 20s and you're still trying to figure out who you are. And, you know, sometimes we say, well, you were just young and stupid <laughs> or you were just young and naive, right? But Perhaps. here you're saying you were 36. At that point, you were completely independent. Yeah. You were an adult grown woman. You had yes. made lots of adulting decisions before. Yeah. And, and so they, this kind of, they kind of worked out. I mean, it was like, I knew if I worked hard, if I, you know, if I studied on that exam, I'm going to get an A. And if I, you know, if I train for that marathon, I'm going to do great. Like I, it's not to say that I always was on top of my game. I, you know, no, but, but I mean, there's a big difference in between a 36 year old mindset yeah, and a 22 yeah. year old mindset, yes. <laughs> even the difference between my first child and my last child. And that was only, um, six years, but the growth that happens. So, so you're yeah. saying that like, despite all of your plans and your professional adulting to that point, yeah. things Couldn't. just have couldn't yeah. have gone more unsmooth. Yeah. And it just continued to snowball and tank. And what I, what I didn't, you know, I know so much now about mental health for moms, maternal mental health, but what I didn't know then is just, um, everything just happened so fast. I didn't, I didn't even take a breath to actually grieve that birth experience because honestly, it's like I was on to the next challenge. So now it was breastfeeding and that was disastrous. I didn't produce enough milk. She didn't latch correctly. And um, my daughter had uh, reflux, which just really translates into colic. And she had a scream that you could hear across a football field. And I, I wouldn't have known this wasn't normal, but the number of people that commented, including my pediatrician who had been in practice for over 35 years said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was like, yeah, like, okay. Um, and that happened right out of the gate. Like, you know, the You're golden You're just like hour. an overachiever in all ways, huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> go oh, big yeah. or go home. <laughs> yeah. So, um, gosh, uh, I guess the piece I want to throw in there too, that we had mentioned with the title, what to do when you love the kids. But the truth is I didn't, I didn't have a bond with my daughter. And I, I don't, I don't want to say that was because of the birth experience or the breastfeeding. I don't quite know. I don't think anyone really quite knows what it is when a mom or father bonds immediately or doesn't bond. We know about oxytocin, you know, the chemical, the love drug, but I don't think we know enough. It's not like anyone drew my blood and could have, you know, determined that I didn't produce enough or whatever it was. But bottom line, and I know this is common now and I didn't know it then, I didn't have a bond with her. Um, at all. I felt numb. And then, you know, when the crying and everything going wrong happened, then it was almost like resentment and, yeah. and, and regret. I mean, that, if I really had to narrow it down to one word, I felt regret. And that is so taboo. You know, how could a mother feel regret for, for this baby and giving birth? But I did. I, I mean, I wanted, if I could go into a time machine, you know, I didn't want harm to myself or to my daughter, thank God, because I know that that is a real thing. But I just wanted a time machine, you know, like no harm. Let's just, let's just go back in time. <laughs> Obviously today, I don't feel that way. I know we I used to joke that. that the little hospital bands, it was cutting the tag off and you couldn't take it back at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a struggle with commitment issues. That mm -hmm. cutting the tag off the ankle is a big deal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so as my journey continued, and again, so I'm I'm already a licensed 
therapist though uh, it kind of makes sense that I oh really you're a licensed therapist at that point at the time yeah at the time all the yeah, irony so. and so I it's know. still just piling <laughs> on you and why so, couldn't you pull yourself out of it gosh what is your problem <laughs> I know it's it's so well you're just you're just in the thick of it and you can't see here's <laughs> Well, here's, that's interesting you say that though. No, because, I'm kidding though. I'm hundred percent. No, I, yeah, yeah. But I, I did, uh, at some point I kind of resigned to this idea of, oh, of resign. oh, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just thought, okay, this must be postpartum depression because it never got better. And, mm. and I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed that I felt this regret and wanted to run away. And I knew about postpartum depression like any good mom <laughs> and good therapist, right? But something didn't quite fit. In fact, I remember saying, I don't know that if I, I don't know that I'm depressed. I just don't like this. And that that kind of is the crux of what I do now. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. However, I want to be clear, it it did turn into depression, unfortunately. I, I wonder if it could have been prevented, but it did turn into depression. And I started kind of again, um, saying, okay, you know, maybe this is postpartum depression. I'm going to learn a lot about, um, the, the PMADS, um, the, uh, mood anxiety disorders, postpartum anxiety, postpartum bipolar, and in the rare cases, postpartum psychosis. But what happened somewhere on that journey, I had a colleague of mine, a psychologist, and she, she asked me this powerful question. You know, she'd been listening to me share my story and she's like, I wonder if you really had postpartum depression. And it just like, well, wow, what do you mean? And, and she nailed it. It was that, why couldn't I just say this sucks? Why couldn't I just say, I don't like this. I hate this even. And that began my journey of like, wait a minute. Like, I don't, I don't want to negate these real diagnoses and, and treatment, but I want to add to it. And I want to say, you know what? Let's, we don't need to diagnose all these moms who might be just saying, this sucks, I hate it, and I, and I have regret, and I miss my old life. Mm -hmm. And so that began my journey, and, and writing my book, um, and it was my, my purpose and passion to validate moms. I have all these anonymous mom quotes saying the very thing I felt like I confessed to my husband one night that I felt like we had made a mistake. And it's, you know, it's taboo. And I think a mom reading that would go, oh my gosh, I felt the same way, but I didn't tell anyone or I kept it to myself. And, and I wonder, I, I think if I, to clarify a little bit more, I think there are cases of postpartum depression that really are, it's the onset. And I do believe hormones and chemical imbalance. I do believe in all of that. I really do. But I don't think the professionals right now are talking about situational postpartum depression, mm. right? I don't, I didn't, what does that, that mean? Yeah. So I didn't see that being talked about in the literature. Like if you look at the definition of postpartum depression, they're going to touch on, you know, the hormones, the chemicals and, and yes, situations. But for me, it was no bond, everything going wrong, lack of control. It was situational the same way that if my husband died, we know, we know that's not a chemical imbalance, that's situational. He died, I'm gonna grieve, and it could turn into depression. I felt the same with my baby. Oh, but again, interesting. That, so okay, taboo, so is it the common, right? yeah, is the common belief though that postpartum depression is like clinical depression and it's maybe triggered, it's a chemical event? And you're saying I, it's, it, it can start as a situational event that then builds to the chemical event? 
I think it's taboo to even imply that having a baby would be comparable to a death or a divorce, <laughs> right? It is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm comparing it to a life event that is tragic and jolting and that's that's what happened to me and so that led to my depression and I want I want us to as a as health professionals and even as moms I want us to talk about this more um yeah, I want us to. I want us to talk about it more. That uh, that it's okay for a mom to not quite for her world to be jolted. And um, even to this day, I my daughter is seven years old, and we have a happy ending, and I love her. But I I can honestly say I'm not passionate about being a mom. And I and it I didn't know that I wouldn't be. How how could I? I never I had never been one. But that was jarring, you know. As women, were I. You know, I think there's an expectation. Yeah. And you think, oh, the love hormone, everything just happens naturally. You may have a few bumps, but being a mom is the most satisfying thing. Thank you. I really struggled when, because I worked full time. I worked until the day before my baby was born. I was back to work within three or four days of the baby being born. Um, I was an event filmmaker, so I could pick my schedule, which means I did this to myself. I would, and I would shoot, like I remember shooting a wedding on my daughter's due date. Oh, that gosh. was a thing. And being so criticized for wanting this career. And it wasn't until like three and a half children that I realized I'm a better mom, like as an occupation of motherhood when I have <laughs> yeah. an outside interest as well. Yeah. Like you put me alone with my kids all day and there's nothing good that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to resent them. They're not mm-hmm. going to like me. The house is going to be like everything. So, but yeah. that was fighting against that stigma or the, I don't know, that expectation. Yeah. Three yeah. and a half children. Yeah. And even now, once in a while, I get a, a twinge of guilt, you know, when I have to mm-hmm. work a 12 hour day or whatever. Oh, but gosh. then I, but the, and the kids are like, you're neglecting me. And I'm like, oh, the camping ouch. trip we just took three days ago. Was that neglect? Stop it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, but when they're little and they're like, and, and you hear the people say, oh, treasure it because someday oh, you'll look back. Seriously. I do not have toddlers or babies and I do still yeah. not treasure those moments. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were sweet, whatever, you know, I love sure. my babes, but I remember getting so angry when people would say that. And I would Me say, too. what, is that an offer to babysit? Because I'm done mm. right now. I'm done. It's so invalidating for a mom that is really struggling. It's like, like, I guess I'm doing it wrong or something's wrong with me. And that's how I felt. Something must be wrong. So, so do you think it would be better if I stay when I'm an old party grandma, if I say, instead of say, treasure these moments, they'll be gone. I say, I get it, girlfriend. You're in the trenches. Someday these moments will be done. Yay. (laughs) This this too shall pass. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I'm going so negative, but that's, that's Mm. also part of the stigma that you're not allowed to talk about the reality of these thoughts, like how you feel. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the bottom line, we all look, we all have different experiences. I'm, I don't, there are moms that love it. There are, uh, not all the time, of course, but I, I didn't love it and I didn't know I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know what community I fit in. And now I, I now I know, and I, and I, I want to help other moms navigate that community. So yes, there are moms. What I always say is, look, we're it's on a spectrum, right? Yeah. Um, 
And there are moms that are way over here saying, I love it. I have baby fever. I want to homeschool. This isn't the role I'm meant to be. Yes. It, is, it is the most important role, right? And then if we, if we kind of, if we really, if we look at a, a woman who isn't even on the spectrum and says, look, I don't want kids. To me, I'm like, bravo, good for you. You know what yeah. you want. I, I, I landed on the spectrum because I had a baby, but I was on the other end, like going, I don't know. I don't know if this is, if this, I don't know if I like this. Uh, and I had to reinvent for me what being a mom could look like that meant for me. I think, I think I only want one, which was jarring. I didn't know that. I thought I wanted two or three. And like you're saying, my career meant something to me more than mothering. So yeah, but we're, but we're on, we're on, we're on different places on that spectrum. And that's, okay. I mean, I have, I have four kids and the, the women that you're saying that have, you know, a ton of kids and the homeschool and that is their thing. I don't actually feel judged by them. So mm. why would, yeah. why would somebody even lower or on the other side, not even lower on the spectrum, it's yeah. on the yeah. side yeah. to yeah. side, yeah. right? On the other side of the spectrum who doesn't even want children, why then would they be judged? Where's the, where's the line where we start judging? Oh gosh. I think <laughs> so it's stupid. Yeah. I think it's comparison. It's, it's um, almost impossible not to compare as a mom. I, I always say, I always say, look, if you're going to compare, compare up. And what I mean by that is, you know, if there's a mom feeling guilty that, um, you know, I see this with, they have one or, you know, they have their second child maybe, and they feel tremendous guilt that they can't handle it because their neighbor is doing it or the mom on Facebook is doing it. And I say, look, if you're going to compare, find the mom that has a nanny, <laughs> full-time nanny or, compare you know, like, like you compare, compare up. Make well, at least, at least I feed my children. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's funny. Oh, if you're going to have to compare, compare up. Yeah. Make yourself feel good. Why not? You know, there's, we all have different scenarios. Yes. There's a mom that's doing it one way, but there's another mom doing it another way. Right. Yeah, or compare and just say, um, I'm so glad that I found what works for me. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah, because you know, you can have you can be in any part of that spectrum and have tremendous guilt. You can have nine kids and realize, oh, I maybe should have done this, or or I'm supposed to be loving this and I don't. Or you can have mm -hmm. one child and feel so yeah. much guilt. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. just say, Well, this is what I get to do, and I'm so glad glad I figured it out for me. Exactly. Yeah. And find, yeah, find your tribe. I, you know, I kind of found a tribe of women that are one and done and I feel connected and, um, there's one always a tribe. Wonders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, you can't actually be a real parent until you've had four kids Ooh. because I know <laughs> why well, I say that because I was so judgmental of mm -hmm. like how people raise, oh, you have a picky child. Oh, your child doesn't sleep train. Oh, you're, you know, your child wants this or that, or you can't control this or whatever behavior. By the time I'd had my fourth, I had four different types of children Everything. that Everything. broke me in every single way. Oh, no. I now no. No do not blame the, the uh, sleep training parents and the yeah. people with, because uh, my big thing was the picky eaters because I thought mm. well, all you have to do is expose them and breastfeed and be super encouraging of yeah. all different foods and then my nine-year-old I think the only thing she eats is mm -hmm. cheese sticks and mm -hmm. applesauce <laughs> so hey, hey I'll t I would take applesauce That's awesome. I own it though That's like this is my baby <laughs> but anyway no judgment no judgment yeah. I, I think yeah. I could have 
if I could have gotten to that place of no judgment with, you know, mm-hmm. earlier in the stage mm-hmm. of the game, and that for sure. <laughs> would have for saved sure. myself a lot of angst. Yep. Yep. It's like in the postpartum thing. So how much do you think the postpartum, the, is the situational part is comparison? Oh gosh. I, I think I was, um, I, oh gosh, I hate to use this word. I never have used it before, but like almost groomed to think that it was going to be blissful and magical. You know, you see the movies right. of, of the moment your, your child is born and you're in tears. And, um, I, I had so much expectation and almost fantasy. So when none of the, when all of that fell short, I was devastated and confused and ashamed and what's wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so a lot of yours was external, like yes, shame related. Yes. And what yeah. do you see as a trend in your practice and clients? Is, is that pretty common that it's external? Well, I mean, I, I, I probably attract a lot of those clients because I'm very, you know, out there with my story. Um, mm. So I think, you know, moms that can relate are going to seek me out. And so, um, yeah, I attract what I put out there. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I'm going to see my trends, but if you speak to another postpartum therapist, they're going to see their trends that are that's probably true. biased. That's true. <laughs> um, that, yeah. You know what? Yep. Th- yep. That's a great point. So you have um, taboo postpartum truths and we've been yeah. talking about it, but what are some yeah. of the ones we've missed? Yeah. So I, I want to actually, let me go back to just the, the birth experience. I, um, I want to validate mom's and, and, um, give permission to kind of process the birth experience. If it didn't go the way they thought there's, there's a lot of, you know, we've talked about this. There's a lot of, um, sayings out there that are very hurtful. And one of them I think would be, well, Hey, at least your baby's healthy, which is again, invalidating like, Oh, okay. I guess, I guess I'm just supposed to be grateful and not I guess I'd be to- validated to be upset if my baby was broken. Mm. That's not even healthier. <laughs> so I would invite, it's kind of a, a yes and. Yes, I have a healthy baby. I'm grateful. And I'm so disappointed the birth didn't go the way I wanted. Right. And I, and I want to hold space for that for any mom just to process the birth experience. So, the, I, you know, one of the taboo truths is that the birth may not go the way you want. And you can be, you can have your disappointment or grief. There's a lot of planning that goes into that and to have it just kind of squashed, you know, yes, you want to, I mean, look, that doctor cutting the uh, umbilical cord around my daughter's neck, like, yes, do it, please. And I wanted it to pulsate for a minute. I'm, I'm still bummed. So mm-hmm. it's okay. They can, they can coexist. Um, yeah. So that would be one of them. Uh, speaking of grief, I, I guess another one would be, um, I honestly didn't know I would grieve my old life. I really didn't. I, I was moving forward, right? Like I want a baby. I'm pregnant. This is going to be great. I'm excited. This is going to be an, an addition to my life and to the family. Why would I grieve? And yet there I was grieving my old life, my freedom, my relationship with my husband, having a hot cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. I don't even think I drank coffee in those early days because of the caffeine, you know, but even if it was whatever it was, it wasn't hot by the time I got to it. Yes, exactly. So uh, I just, I guess the, yeah, the truth would be there might be some grief and that's normal. It's common. 
it's okay. Um, yeah. So that would and be and that's not even just with the first baby. That's with second, third, fourth babies because oh, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. like, oh, I miss just being with this one or I miss just being with this two. Of course, you can't imagine your life without the new one at that point. And that always surprised me every time I had a baby. I was yeah. like, oh, look at, look at how you belong, but you weren't here a minute ago. And now you yeah. are here and we can't imagine life without yeah. you. But I kind of miss it when you weren't here. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. There's, there's the relationship you had with your first or second or third and that changes everything. Um, yeah. And so just permission to have all your feelings. Um, yeah. Permission to feel all the feels, all the feels. Yeah. Let me take a look here. I think we kind of talked about this, but the, you know, um, the job may suck. And again, we don't know what we don't know. I hadn't met my daughter. I didn't know her personality. I didn't know she was going to scream. I didn't know she was going to have reflux. So um, it's okay. It's okay to seek support. You know, a lot of moms will ask me, how do I know if I have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety? And I almost, you know, I hear kind of what they're going through. And I almost say, let's, let's just not worry about what category or box you fit in you're not, you're not as happy as you wanted to be. You're struggling in some way. Let's get you some support. And, and I think just struggling with the role of mom or with the temperament of the baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's okay to say this sucks and, and it's okay to get support. In fact, warranted, like, please get some support. support. Yep. So I, I wish I had done that. I, I was, uh, I, I was embarrassed and I just thought this is temporary. It will get better. And unfortunately it got worse. So yeah. I, I really acknowledge moms that make that call sooner than later to say, I need some support. Yeah. Let's take a look at my taboo truce. Um, I kind of talked about regret. Um, it's okay to feel regret and, and it's so taboo. I, I know that's probably, you know, I say it so freely now, but I'm sure, I'm sure for a lot of new moms, it, it would be unbearable to say it out loud or to, or to admit it. Um, and yet I just want to give permission that for so many moms, including myself that are in the thick of it, it's, it's like, what did I do? What did I do? This is not what I thought. I'm not happy. And, um, I don't, I don't want, what I say that I validate and give permission for a mom to say, I have regret. I want to lift that shame and embarrassment, but I want to move to solution. I'm very solution focused. I don't want any mom to get stuck there. I'm not in regret anymore, but, but the reason why I think it's so important to give permission and validate is because I was in so much shame and that led to even more depression. And if somebody or myself had said, of course, of course you have regret given everything you were going through. Of course you do. You're not alone. This is a valid feeling. Let's talk about it. And then let's look at some solutions. I wish I had hired help. I was stubborn. Um, probably financially, I felt like, you know, we can't spend the money on that. But now I'm like, in, that's a good investment. It, was, it, was, it would have been a damn good investment in my health, in my sanity. So and probably I, I, we, you haven't talked at all about your partner. How did your husband feel about this whole process? Yeah, it's interesting because I don't talk about him because I was so self-absorbed in my depression and everything I was feeling. 
Um, as happens with a lot of moms who struggle, their husbands kind of become the enemy in all honesty. Um, I just, cause he couldn't understand. He couldn't understand. He couldn't do enough. He couldn't do it right. I kind of became a martyr in a martyr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just take the baby. Um, poor me, but hating him, uh, I, you know, through, as I grew and learned about this, I got better at knowing how he could help me, how we could work together, let go of that martyrdom and, mm -hmm. and allowed him to help more. But um, yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, I was very self-absorbent in my own journey. And let's be honest. I mean, um, it, the mothers absorb most of it. It's just, just physically, we have to, we're pregnant, we breastfeed. So, yeah, we um, bear the bulk of the physical brunt yeah, of this experience, yeah, whether we want to or not. And I'm not, I'm not at all saying fathers aren't present or don't help, but in those early days, I'm the one recovering physically. I'm the one navigating breastfeeding or even making that decision. I'm not saying moms have to breastfeed, but that's still a decision that they have to bear mm -hmm. and, and the struggles that may or may not come with it. But, um, yeah, I, I hope I'm doing my husband justice in this question. I'm trying to be honest, but I just it's like like in those in those early months, it's like, oh wait, I have a husband. It just it just he was just kind of in the background. It wasn't good. Mm -mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Let me take a look. Um, I guess I want to just say too that um, I would want to remind moms that they're not alone. I. I honestly didn't find my tribe for a very long time. I know, you know, I know social media can be a bummer, but I advocate for it in, in the terms of finding your tribe, joining a Facebook group, or yeah. some type of group that like postpartum support, new mom support. And there are so many like niche groups. Yeah. So you could have a, a postpartum VBAT group for moms of, yes. of triplets. Yeah. Like it's... <laughs> I, you know, I'm probably, um, again, I know, I know Facebook has its downfalls, but I'm probably one of their biggest, um, I don't know, cheerleaders because I, I will meet moms and they will have the most unique situation. I'm like, let's just try this out. Let me just yeah. type into Facebook. This very, you know, one of it wasn't even postpartum. It was a, a medical diagnosis that it, I hadn't. I, oh yeah. It, so it you take postpartum, rare. the postpartum stress on top of a medical diagnosis. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, fun time. But I actually put it into Facebook and sure enough, there was a group she could join and meet her tribe and meet these people. So, um, I, I would say find your tribe, whether, whether you are homeschooling, whether you are one and done, whatever your situation is, working moms, like you said, you know, the, the, the niche of the niche, you will probably find it. And if you don't find it, you need to start the group then start yep. it. Yep. <laughs> so I definitely would just say, um, you're not alone and, and your tribe is out there. Yeah. I think we touched on everything that feels really important. Um, uh, yeah, we talked about the bond and that it may not be there. Breastfeeding, I guess the myth for me was that it's going to be natural and wonderful and I'm going to love it and do it. And it wasn't. And so um, 
I always, you know, when I, when I talk to like these, um, prenatal mom groups, I get invited to kind of speak. I always feel like, gosh, you know, I'm going to preface this with, I might be a little bit of the doom and gloom right now, but I would rather plant a seed and validate because I was in this bliss bubble when I was pregnant and maybe I wouldn't have heard it, but it would have been nice to have a mom that just said, look, I get, I get you're excited, but Let's just yeah, talk just about plant some of a the seed things. that if this happens, yeah, and, and not, not like planting a seed like this will grow, but just, no. just letting them know that hey, if you find yourself in this in this situation yeah. later, you may not understand it right now. Yeah, like it's like telling a four year old when they go to college, when talking about college, and they're like, they're so they're so far removed from the experience, yeah. can't even put you know. Yeah. But if if you say things like when you know, if this happens to you or you find yourself feeling this yeah, way, yeah. you know, let me know. Cause then you'll be ready to talk about it. Yeah. And you mentioned this, um, that it started as, um, kind of some, some, um, disconnect, some unhappiness that yeah. then, that then turned into depression. Yes. Um, and then you can actually go further than just depression. And that's where oh, the OCD yeah. and the psychosis. So where do you tell the moms to find that line? Where where do they, you yeah. know, how 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 can you help moms navigate where they where they really are on that spectrum and sure, what kind of help yeah. they need to get? Well, here's the interesting thing. So you know, even though I do get asked, you know, how do I know if I have this? The truth is, though, the treatment ends up kind of looking very similar. So for me, you know, I kind of differentiate look, you know, I want to, I want to just say this sucks and I'm not, not happy, but it did turn into depression. And I really should have been on an antidepressant. There's no question about it. I wish I had, I'm a big proponent for it now. Um, so the treatment just ends up looking the same. It's, it's going to be therapy and support and maybe a support group. And I do bring up medication even, you know, it's, I kind of, I don't want, I don't contradict myself, but it might sound like I am because I'm, I'm kind of saying um, it's okay to take out the diagnosis and just say this sucks. But if it does turn into depression, we, we do need to start talking about what the solutions are. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I still, I still wear my clinical hat. I still assess, um, but I'm probably more open and less clinical, especially when a mom says the things that I said, and I just, I just join her and validate her and go, yes, you're not crazy. You may not even fit this mental health diagnosis, but you are allowed to say you're struggling, you're having a hard time. And let's talk about solutions. And depending on where they are, I do introduce the idea of an antidepressant because I think it can be a real game changer. And to be even more clear, I talked about, you know, death and if my husband had died and situational depression, well, I would hope that I would know that an antidepressant would be an option in that situation too, even though I know it's not a chemical imbalance. I just experienced yeah. a loss. Yeah, exactly. So, and and we don't um, hesitate in giving somebody uh, help after that type of right, life shift. Right. So why would we yeah. feel so worried about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. And I feel, I, like I feel I, completely validated right now. I'm just oh, sitting yay. in my validation bubble. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Like anytime something seems weird, I just try and find another life example that feels similar mm -hmm. and just like, okay, what would we do in that situation? Now, mm -hmm. does this situation make sense? 
Yeah. You're right. If your husband had just passed or if you had just experienced a tremendous trauma, we yeah. would expect you to be upset and we would expect you to go through the five stages of grief yes. and have all yeah. sorts of things and give you a break. Why do we not give that to mamas? Yeah. Well, because it's because we want to, again, because there's that spectrum. And I, I guess that's the difference, right? Because we can all look at death and we, all of us can kind of agree. Yeah, that's sad. That's grief. That sucks. We don't all feel that way after giving birth. There are the moms that are elated. They are in love. This was the best day of my life. Right. And yeah. so, so I'm taking a risk. I mean, I did take a risk when I, when I finally opened my mouth and I, I don't, I don't remember that moment per se, but when I finally said, I'm not happy, I guess it was my husband. So it wasn't that big of a risk, but it was, I was exposing myself. I'm like, I don't fit that mom I saw on TV. I don't, I don't, my own mom was happy. She said it was the hardest time of her life having me and my brother, but it was the happiest. It's like, oh, I can't relate Ooh, to that. Can't I can't relate to that. Yeah. So it's, it is a risk to be honest. And, and that's why I say taboo, taboo truce, right? Um, because I might have that mom that looks at me confused. Like, what do you mean you're not happy? Or they're going to say, oh, you must have postpartum depression. Let's get you diagnosed. And I'm like, don't diagnose me. Validate me. Right. And yeah. not that that woman would, she wouldn't be the right person, but there would be another mom that say, oh, you know, maybe you have it, maybe you don't. But first and foremost, I just want to validate you. Give yeah. Yeah. Validation before diagnosis. Uh, yeah, diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you ever see cases of uh, partner postpartum depression? You know, it, I don't personally, um, but it's real. It's real. I, I would. I totally would. And um, there is a, a psychologist um, in a city. Well, everything's telehealth now. I don't know why it would matter, but I say he's, he's uh, not too far from me locally and he works with dads. So I might, I might, I might get curious if, a father might relate better to another father in terms of therapy and treatment. Mm. But if it fell on my doorstep and, um, you know, he, he really wanted to work with me, I bet I could do a pretty good job validating him too. But, but it would be a little different because I'm a woman and the mom, but, um, I personally, it hasn't happened yet, but I, I would, but totally it's a thing. Open. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Same thing. I, here's the a difference I see though. So I think for men, same thing with the bond. Some will bond immediately, some won't. I think in general, we tend to give a little bit of a free pass and say, oh, you know, you're the, you're the father, your bond will grow. Whereas women, I, I didn't. No I, mercy. Bond no immediately. Mercy. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not, I don't, I don't want to take away that a dad might really be struggling. Yeah. Um, I, re, you know, I remember my brother he had shared later that uh, he had had a second daughter and he said, you know, I didn't bond with her the way I bonded with my first. And he just said it so casually. <laughs> I thought, gosh, I, I was in tears. I was like a puddle with not having that bond. And for him, it just felt like conversation. Like, yeah, I just didn't bond with her. <laughs> so, but again, he was being all, open and validating just like you, just a little more open and validating than you were ready for. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was probably hearing his story after the fact, maybe if I'd caught him on a particular day, maybe he really was in turmoil about it saying, gosh, you know, what's, what's going on? I'm not, well, you, you don't sound flippant, but we get that you have worked true. through some serious stuff. So Make he was a great point. Yeah. 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 
but yeah, it does happen. It does. And I, I would invite any dad to reach out, whether it's again, finding their dad tribe or, um, connecting with a therapist. Um, and, and in some cases, yeah, it, it, I've heard of actually pretty severe cases of, I guess we'd call it paternal, um, postpartum. Well, I don't know that they call it postpartum depression, but it is. Well, it's postpartum. I mean, they, they made the baby too. So it is kind of post their partum, right? I don't know. <laughs> but that, let's see, that's interesting. That's the difference. We know that's exactly it. We know with dads that they're, well, actually that's not entirely true. We know that they have lowered testosterone, but I don't know that that links to depression. So the oh, chemi- a, you know, they're not going to have- Chemically they're, they're changing too. A little bit. Um, but again, I don't know that that's linked to depression. Uh, so, so for if a dad has depression, we kind of know it is more situational um, than with a than with a mom. I think we really tend to kind of think hormones first and foremost, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong on that, though. I I, ha- I personally haven't done a lot of research with dads and chemicals. I, but again, there is a there is a reduction of testosterone. We do know that. Yeah, interesting. Wow. So fascinating. Um, so where do people find your book and more resources, all the resources? Yeah, thank you. So my brand is Postpartum Happiness. So it's postpartumhappiness.com. Uh, on Instagram, it's at Postpartum Happiness and Facebook, Postpartum Happiness. Um, on my website, I have a link to my book. Uh, and it's a very quick read intentionally. It's, uh, let's see, I think it's 50... 58 pages. So it's a quick read. And then I have it on audio and I think it's an hour and a half listen. So very, it, nice. but it, just, it just gets to the point. Um, and it's just to validate any mom that is struggling with saying, gosh, this, this is a tough job. And, um, and then also the article, um, 12 taboo postpartum truths is on my website. You can uh, sign up to get a free copy. It will be emailed. I to see you. that. Click on free guide, 12 taboo yep. postpartum truths. What you may need, what you may need to know, but probably, probably haven't, haven't been, been told. told. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They don't tell us this kind of stuff. It's a baby shower. No. no. And mom can't remember. And especially grandma. I was like, grandma, what was it like to you? Do you remember, you know, being sad after your baby, you know, whatever, she's 94 and she looks at me, she goes, no, not really. My children were all such a blessing. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. She's she's a tough lady though. So she remembers the positive. (laughs) Well, and, and again, that doesn't mean she's not telling the truth. Like my mom said, yes, it was hard, but I was so happy. And I, I completely believe her. And yet for me, Wow. Well, my grandma was born, my grandma had her babies back when they were doing twilight sleep where they drug the mom right at birth <gasps> and then she'd wake up and there'd be a baby oh, in her arms. Oh. Right. And so I, I had questions about, cause she had a hard time breastfeeding too. So I just said, so grandma, you know, of course I'm just poking at her yeah. because I'm this young whippersnapper and I just want to know what life was yeah. like you know, having babies in the fifties. And, Gosh. and she's like, she's like, no, I just remember, you know, there was a baby and I would go to the hospital and I mean, she speaks about it as nonchalantly yeah. and it makes me yeah. think like, am I just like a, a pretty, a princess snowflake that I get like bent out of shape if I am not allowed to bond with my baby immediately after birth. And yeah. but that was just the norm for them in the fifties. Okay. True. Grandma. I mean, it's, it's cool to hear her story, but it's just, yeah. you, you wonder, you know, yeah. how much of that is our culture nowadays or whatever, yeah. but it's just interesting. Yeah. Yep. 
I know postpartum existed back then. We see it in oh, in yeah. the symptoms in the in the um, in abuse and abandonment in marital strife. It wasn't like, wasn't a name for it then? Yeah, there wasn't a name for it, right? I remember when I first started googling postpartum way back in two thousand um, two thousand seven when I heard it on Oprah. I oh. couldn't even I couldn't figure out how to spell it. Google like didn't even know what it was. Wow, that's, that's only ten years, fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. So amazing. Wow. We're just so enlightened now that like, (laughs) (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, if you have any questions for Marissa, reach out to her by, uh, buy her book on Amazon. Look at her website. Her website is beautiful. You just, Mm -hmm. you could just click around and just find all this information. Um, And of course, if you have any questions for me or want to reach Marissa through me, you can reach me at uh, media at birthcircle.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. So interesting. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience.